Don't go, go. AFK on us. Follow, follow us online at CheckpointXP.com. Checkpoint AFK. Hey guys, welcome to Checkpoint AFK, Checkpoint XP's gaming and lifestyle show. Uh, we are out here at the Houston Outlaws uh, homestand weekend. Oh, wrong, Joe. That's not how we start it. We start every week with a podcast review. Oh. And you know what? After what we just did tonight, I just looked it up, and even before this episode came out, we have like 75 five-star reviews that say that Robbie and Joe are the best there is. So take that, Nate and Norris. Owned. On to the rest of the show. Well, all right then. Uh, so we're out here uh, for the Houston Outlaws homestand weekend, and we wanted to give you guys a travel log. We're going to do basically one segment of this podcast every night that we're out here. Uh, it's currently Friday night. Uh, we just got back to the hotel. We are freaking exhausted because it has been a long travel day. So let's just get right into it. Uh, day started off with a nice uh, 4 or 5 a.m. wake-up call for us to get to the airport on time. And it was um, Detroit Airport was a little bit hectic when we got out there yep apparently uh it's spring break so uh the line was out towards and going into like the like where you come in from like a parking complex uh so thank you joe for your tsa pre-check or else we may not have made it here on time yeah you know every time we travel i've got i've always got the tsa pre-check and it's never really been super valuable like it's nice to not have to take off your shoes or not have to completely unpack your bag when you go through uh, security but this was the time where it was like the line the main security line on the first floor was like all the way out to the parking garage we went up the stairs fortunately the check your bag line wasn't insane that was interesting uh the the second security line was like wrapped three times around the area and then you went down to the tsa pre-check line and it was it wasn't short by any means but it was way shorter than either of the other two lines so thank heaven for that yeah but uh, i mean beyond that the flight was fine you know we didn't get diverted to a whole other airport like we did last time we came down here to texas uh but it was nice being able to get in and you know uh the the pep rally we're going to wasn't until like seven o'clock that night you know we got in around 11 ish so it was cool to have some time to kind of breathe a little bit you know we walked uh, out to get some lunch at uh what was that johnny's barbecue shack jackson street jackson street barbecue yeah which was I'm not gonna lie that was that that might have been better than the place we went last time we were in Austin. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I mean, this is a, like a barbecue shack that's literally right off Minute Maid Park, so right off the Houston Astros Stadium, and I can only imagine that place has got to be jumping during baseball season. I mean, it was fairly crowded here in the middle of, you know, winter still. I mean, it's not really winter down here still, but you actually sat us right underneath a corona sign. So if I get sick this weekend, that's on you, buddy. Yeah, uh, I did not happen to notice that we were right under the Corona beer sign, so uh, hopefully that's not a uh, omen. Yeah, a bad omen of things to come. So uh, yeah, we're out here uh, on Friday because it is the Houston Outlaws pep rally, which was going on at a Top Golf. Um, this was a really, really cool event, and props to Beasley for putting on an awesome event, and props to the Outlaws for putting it together. Uh, I mean, there must have been two, 250 people who showed up to this thing. Yeah, it was a nice little sort of VIP room that they put us into. Uh, you know, we did a little, uh, we did the rally, or it was kind of like a panel sort of deal with uh, with some of the outlaws up on stage. So, you know, shout out to uh, Harsha and the Harsh Stash, uh, Flame, Dante, and Rockus, who you know all came up there and, and you know answered a bunch of questions. And eventually, they got the rest of the outlaws up there. 
Uh, shout out to poor Mecco who uh, <laughs> he, he tried to. All of them got there and kind of you know did the, the did the golf swing thing. Sure. Uh, poor Mecco whiffed the ball and then let go of the uh, <laughs> the club and just yeeted it out into the middle of like the field or whatever. He was done after that. <laughs> Wait, so he he took a swing and swung so hard he couldn't hung, hang on to the club and just sent the club flying. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Sad thing is the uh, the club went further than a lot of other people's balls did. So <laughs> there's that at least. So I'll tell you who doesn't get a shout out is the microphones at the um, uh, at the the Q and A panel that you got to host. Uh, so this is your second Q and A panel that you've gotten to host with uh, the Outlaws. This one was a lot more casual, I feel like, than than the first one that you did. Tell me about the the Q and A panel. So yeah, uh, wireless mics, and there were some issues with them. I think it, it was it was a combination of two things. First of all, for some reason, uh, they had, seemed to have had a very short range from wherever the receiver was. So if if they weren't sat in like the first five or six seats closest to it, they didn't work. Uh, and then also, uh, I, I, mean, I don't know how often these guys talk on mics, but certain mics tend to have like a very specific range, right? Or or you know, uh, angle you have to talk into them to really get it, you know, pick up, pick, uh, picked up. So every few questions, you know, it would be passed down like rockets on the end, or, you know, Dante would try to talk into it, and it would seem like it wasn't working. So, um, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Uh, if we're going to have problems, I would have it, I would rather it be problems that are out of our control, because then it definitely takes focus off of any of the problems that I have, like saying, hey, you guys are playing the Atlanta Rain this weekend, when they're not playing the Atlanta Rain this weekend. I don't know how, how I made that mistake, but it was out there, so my bad, guys. Yeah, uh, I just want to say that earlier in the day, I said, so uh, the they're playing the, the Tor- Toronto and London, right? And you said, no, they're playing Atlanta. I'm like, oh, okay. I made a mistake, Joe. What do you want me to say? That's exactly what I wanted you to say. But yeah, overall, I mean, the Top Golf put on a really good show. Uh, the food was stellar. The drinks were great. Uh, and I, you know what? So I've never done Top Golf, and I used to love going to the driving range or going golfing. Um, top, like, it's expensive, but Top Golf is a ton of fun. I can see why these things are popping up. But what shocked me was how young the crowd was there, and I don't just mean like obviously in our section there was a very young crowd because of the Outlaws event, but the the crowd in general at Top Golf is skews very young. Yep, I uh, took my few uh, first swings too, and uh, I'm pretty much a natural. So uh, three, and they got out. You know, I got out past like the mid range, so I'm good from here on out. Yeah, you whiffed the first swing you took, I which is prove that. Uh, I I absolutely saw it. Uh, that that said, I mean everyone whiffs the first swing they take, so that's fine. The fact that you hit it on the second swing is what impressed me. And yeah, you had a couple of really good ones. I was impressed, dude. Yeah, but uh, I mean that pretty much wrapped up the night there. After that point, though, uh, you know it was cool being able to meet some of the fans. You know, people actually came up and you know were talking to us as well. Uh, I had uh, this must have been like nine years old, and he came up and he's like, "Hey, do you think they should nerf Moira?" And I'm like, I mean, no, probably not. And he's like, she's just so hard to deal with. You know, I usually play Genji, and I kind of, you know, sat there with him for a few minutes, kind of going over ways to, to deal with Moira. And he seemed pretty happy about it. He's like, thanks, I'll, I'll give some of those a try. So that, that was pretty cool. So after the party, we were supposed to go to another after party. And I, I feel like it was as we were walking out of the Top Golf that we it started to, like, settle in. They're like, hey, we've been going for, like, 15 hours today. I think I think maybe it's time to just head back. 
Uh, so we're uh, here we are back at the hotel. Uh, we're getting ready to shut down for the night. But don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be back in just a few minutes for you guys, but 24 hours for us uh, with uh, our recap of day two. Looking forward to the actual first day of competition here at the Houston Homestand. We'll be going over what the layout is like, what the what the venue is looking like. Everyone keeps telling us that it's amazing, and we're going to be blown away. So we're really excited to see what it looks like. So uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll be back. And I'm Michaela, And we are from the Theme Park and Rec Podcast. So if you visit the parks often, or maybe you're planning a trip to any of the Central Florida theme parks, we even talk about Disneyland, too, you definitely want to check out our podcast because we have tips, we have secrets, and we give you options on how to really maximize your time at the parks. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Esports is the fastest growing area in collegiate athletics, and Checkpoint XP on campus keeps you up to speed on all the exciting action. From varsity and club esports tournaments to college curriculums focused on gaming, each week, Checkpoint XP on campus brings you more than just stats and scores. We're digging to school rivalries, scouting, scholarships, and talking with players and coaches. Catch new episodes of Checkpoint XP on campus Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific and on demand 24-7 on YouTube, Twitch, Radio.com and always at CheckpointXP.com Catch new episodes of Checkpoint XP on campus Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific and on demand 24-7 on YouTube, Twitch, Radio.com and always at CheckpointXP.com Checkpoint XP on campus The show for collegiate video gaming and esports Don't go AFK on us. Follow follow us online at CheckpointXP.com. Checkpoint AFK. Hey guys, welcome back to Checkpoint AFK. We are uh, back to the hotel room uh, at the conclusion of, I guess, what's night two for us. First day of the Houston uh, Outlaws homestand down here in Houston, Texas. We finally uh, can use the water again, which is nice, although the showers are not yet warm. They're like, they're like lukewarm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you seem thrilled. It's Here's the problem. They're just warm enough to make you wish they were hot. Like, if it was a cold shower, you'd be like, oh, God. But you'd be, like, be braced for it. Instead, you're just like, okay, I just want a hot shower now. So uh, we had the opportunity to go down to the Houston Outlaws homestand. And, um, wow. Yeah, no, I think overall I'm I'm very happy with the entire setup. You know, having been to a few esports events now, you know, even having been out to the Burbank Arena uh, the past two seasons, uh, the entire setup felt really nice. You know, the hard, they had a Hard Rock Cafe next to it, which is where the media room was uh, uh, situated at, which we didn't have to bother with because we had access to the VIP section. Oh. Uh, first of all, having a VIP section is amazing. Uh, but then everything, everything that they had set up in the venue, the uh, Revention Music Center here in Houston was great. And honestly, the thing that blew me away the most, because this event tops every other esports event I've been to, including both of the Overwatch League Grand Finals and the LCS uh, Spring Split in Detroit. And that's where they were able to set up these sort of post-game interviews and sort of everything that happened 
afterwards. It was at the, uh, the Revenge Center. had a 40 and below club, it was called. And you go down there, and it's basically just this giant sort of uh, like gathering slash bar sort of spot, right? And they had table, one giant table set up for all the outlaws to, to be able to sit at for like signings and stuff. And then along the outside, they had couches and uh, like standing tables, and then places for representatives from each of the other teams to stand at as well. So people could come in and get, you know, signatures and talk to basically all of the players. It was like this huge fan meet and greet, and it was superb. Yeah, uh, I mean, the entire event was was really good. My only other um, point of reference for Overwatch was uh, the year we were all at E3 where we went to the Burbank Arena and got to see it, and this... This puts that to shame, and I'm, I'm sure the other homestands are similarly awesome, but getting to attend the Houston one, this... For me, this really kind of cracked the code that esports is going to have to figure out, right? Like... We're just—it's at a point now where esports isn't going to sell out a twenty-thousand-person stadium week over week. It's just not going to do that, and that's not even an indictment on esports. That's a problem we're seeing in traditional sports too. So the question becomes: How do we take that experience of the Barclays Center or a, a major stadium and and scale it down to a, a point where we can sell it out week with week. week without losing? You know the the fundamental experience, and I think they've kind of figured it out. When even though that was only two thousand people in there, I say only like it's nothing, but uh, uh, it was two thousand people in there. It felt like just a massive experience, and it and you know you, as you walk the concourse, they've got the the places to to print off the signs that you can hold up. They've got uh, places you can get uh, like the, the tattoos and uh, the like like weave stuff into your hair and. It's got all those kind of like fan experiences that you expect to see at a major sporting event. Yeah, so I mean, going forward, it's only going to get bigger and better from here. You know, there 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 are some uh, esports sort of venues and events that are starting to you know bring in um, you know uh, uh, musical talent and stuff like that, which in the past has been hit or miss, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think that's because when you look at the esports scene, you have such a variety of people that it, it's hard, I think, to tune in on just any one specific musical taste. What you have to do is what Overwatch League did last year with uh, DJ Zed at the Grand Finals. You get someone who knows the property. And, well, when it comes to uh, EDM, which I'm pretty sure is what DJ Zed is considered, you know, everyone can kind of, I think, appreciate that to a certain extent. But his visuals were all Overwatch themed. But once you can get to a point where the people that you're bringing in are also familiar with it and can start making you know their their art and their music that sort of vibes with the scene and with the game that's going to help take you to a whole new level so gameplay wise on uh, day one we obviously got to see uh houston play um came very close to getting their first win of the season uh it was that that crowd was losing their minds like you could you could feel like kind of the lull in the crowd after they went down 0-2 but then they powered back took game three that game four on Junkertown I don't know that I've ever heard a room that loud and we were at LCS finals where it was extremely loud uh I've, I've never quite heard anything like that that was very impressive and then of course they fell short on the fifth map which Ilios right yes and that, that was just Oh, it was heartbreaking. You wanted them so badly to get that win, so now we got to hope that today they can uh, get it together against Toronto. What do you think? Well, it was still a good showing, even with the disappointment. You know, uh, they've obviously not had a good start to the season, and, you know, they had a really interesting match against Boston. 
but both of them were sitting at the bottom of the pile, so it's hard to necessarily know what that means, right? They didn't get swept by them, you know, when that happened, so there's at least that. And now going up against London, who's had some really good matches, but is still a brand new rookie squad. They have a lot of promise, but it's still hard to know exactly where they're going to fall overall in the league, right? And I think at the very least, London is definitely going to be a team that sits in the middle, maybe the, the, the you know, top of the middle, you know, near, near the top echelon. They're a good team. And so to see Houston finally, you know, they're over their sickness, come alive a little bit more. There are still some issues they need to work out, and they do obviously still have brand new talent, you know, who primarily speak Korean, um, who came from all Korean squads. So it's, it's definitely going to be a period of adjustment for the entire team still. Um, you know, we're, we're only in uh, uh, week four. But what this tells me is that the the Outlaws at least have the ability to get up into the middle somewhere. And if they can c- continue to keep improving going forward and they don't backslide, I don't think the fans have to worry about them being at the bottom. So as we uh, move into day two, uh, what are you most looking forward to going back to the Revention Music Center? And uh, like, what didn't you get to do uh, on day one that you're looking forward to doing on day two? Uh, I don't know if there's anything that I wasn't able to do yesterday, so I'm just looking at another great day of Overwatch. You know, that that uh, crowd was absolutely electric out there. Um, uh, I actually talked to my sister. She might actually be showing up uh, to, uh, you know, to sort of take a look at it uh, and, and, and see what she thinks. I'm not holding my breath for that, but we'll see what happens. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing Houston and Toronto play. You know, Toronto didn't give us the best showing yesterday against the Atlanta Reign, but uh, those are, you know, my two favorite teams in the league. Um, so I think at the very least, if they're not playing up to their best ability, hopefully that means it's an easy win for Houston. Uh, but at the very least, we should, we should get another great game out of them. Uh, let's see, London versus Florida. That, you know, that, that might actually end up being a decent game. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, Florida's looking all right. Uh, Nixle versus Boston is going to be a stomping. Uh, and then the other one is Atlanta versus... Philly? No, I'm sorry. It's Philly versus uh, Boston. I think that's going to be a a slam dunk for Philly. Uh, But either way, it should be some great Overwatch League action today. All right. Well, stick around for part three of this one. We'll uh, check those predictions and see just how Robbie did on his guesses for day two. So, uh, yeah, guys, we'll be back with uh, part three of our travel log out to the Houston Outlaws homestand coming up next. Esports is the fastest growing area in collegiate athletics, and Checkpoint XP on campus keeps you up to speed on all the exciting action. From varsity and club esports tournaments to college curriculums focused on gaming, each week, Checkpoint XP on campus brings you more than just stats and scores. We're digging to school rivalries, scouting, scholarships, and talking with players and coaches. Catch new episodes of Checkpoint XP on campus Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And on demand 24-7 on YouTube, Twitch, Radio.com, and always at CheckpointXP.com. Catch new episodes of Checkpoint XP on campus Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and on demand 24-7 on YouTube, Twitch, Radio.com, and always at CheckpointXP.com. Checkpoint XP on campus, the show for collegiate video gaming and esports. Hey, 
I'm Rachel. And I'm Michaela. And we are from the Theme Park and Rec Podcast. So if you visit the parks often, or maybe you're planning a trip to any of the Central Florida theme parks, we even talk about Disneyland too, you definitely want to check out our podcast because we have tips We have secrets, and we give you options on how to really maximize your time at the parks. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't go Go. AFK on us. Follow follow us online at CheckpointXP.com. Checkpoint AFK. Hey guys, welcome back to Checkpoint AFK, our final part of our travel log out here to the Houston Outlaws homestand in, uh, well, it was beautiful Houston, Texas. Today is pretty gray and overcast, I would say. You know what? There's no snow, so I'll take it. You know what? That's fair. Uh, you know, we've been trying to do these every night at the end of the night, but we get we're pretty exhausted when we got back to the hotel last night, so we decided we'd do it in the morning. We're at the uh, airport getting ready to head back to Detroit. Uh, so, Robbie, yesterday, the Houston Outlaws get their first win of the season. And not only did they just get their first win, like it's not like it was against like you know some bottom of the barrel team. I mean, granted, we're, all, we're still at the beginning of the season, so it's hard to really know. I think some people might look at the Defiant and be like, "Well, they're you know they're are they own three now? Are they one in one and two, yeah, one in right. something?" But anyway, they look and be like, "Oh, well, they're bottom of the barrel." Blah 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 blah. But sure for agility, Kellex, Nevix, like the Toronto Defiant are a good roster, right? We're still early on. We're still seeing where some of the teams ultimately come into place. But what's good about the Outlaws' win is it wasn't just two teams fumbling around and one of them came out on top of the other one. Like, especially in those later rounds, you really saw the Outlaws start to come together. They've really finally, I think, solidified on what their identity is. They're not trying to play into this rigid meta that that doesn't really fit them the best. Instead, they're going for that dive, right? Blase on the Doomfist. We had Links around on the hit scans. You had Dante on the, the Sombras. What we saw was them. They had a plan. They knew how to execute it. And they did it better. And I think that for the future of the Outlaws, that's a really, really great thing to see. You know, the other thing that we got to see while we were there today, or yesterday, was uh, the retirement of Jake's jersey. Um, and there's been a, I know there's been a lot of back and forth about whether or not there should be a retired jersey at this point in uh, in professional watching. There's only been two completed seasons. But I, I think this is just symptomatic of, you know, esports. Everything has to happen faster in esports because your careers are so much shorter. Great careers are going to be had in one or two years in esports. That's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, overall, like you said, two seasons, we've had three jersey re- jerseys retired. Now, the fact that esports does go a lot more quickly than what traditional sports... I mean, I mean in traditional sports, how, how how long would you say a career probably lasts? Like, if it's a good career? I mean, it depends from sport to sport, but 10 to 15 years. Okay, so 10 to 15 years. So, we're looking at probably... Traditional sports is probably about double to... Tr- or two to three times longer than an esports career is, I think. I think right, that most yeah. esports professionals are probably in there for five to ten years, right? So in two years, we've had three retirements, whereas in in traditional sports, if, if let's say that it's been, you know, nine years, do you think that one to three East or, or Jersey retirements is too much? 
I mean, I think it depends. I will say that in traditional sports, it is really rare to have a jersey retirement. It's not a common thing. Um, like, like, take the Red Wings, right? They're a, a storied organization that's been around for uh, almost 100 years, if not more. And I think they only have nine jerseys retired. It, like, it's, it's not a common thing. But, but that said... On a league level, how many jerseys in the NHL overall have been retired? Yeah, that, so that's probably a little bit closer. Uh, the other thing is that typically when you have jerseys retired, it's not until a while after the player has stopped playing. It doesn't usually happen that season. But again, everything moves faster in esports. And at the end of the day, a jersey retirement should come down to what did that player mean to the organization. And I think you have to like give credit where it's due. Jake was a humongous part of who the Outlaws are and their kind of rise into prominence in Overwatch League. I'll tell you this, I'm pretty sure Jake meant more to the Outlaws than what Siegel did to the Dallas Fuel and they still retired his jersey. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was nice. That was touching. Uh, you know, I think Jake really appreciated that as well. You know, sort of being more, you know, uh, immortalized and remembered by the Outlaws in that way. Uh, another cool thing that happened to uh, wait, did we already talk about the other travelogue about Outlaw, uh, Outlaws Day? Um, I, I don't remember. remember. Let's so talk. We're going to talk about it again. Yeah. So uh, the mayor of Houston has officially dubbed February 29th as Houston Outlaws Day, which is a very nice gesture, <laughs> uh, but one we're not going to be able to celebrate again for another four years because the 29th falls uh, on a leap year. Yep. So I think going forward, I think that every February 28th at midnight, <laughs> we should celebrate Houston Outlaws Day. Uh, but no, overall, uh, it was it was amazing. It was great. It was a lot of fun. You know, uh, all the bosses are happy. And for me, at the end of the, end, the, end of the day, that's the important thing. Uh, you know, I've got to meet a lot of a lot of new people. Um, you know, shout out to uh, Herb. Shout out to Sarah. Shout out to the Lone Star Vanguard. You know, you know, you know, what my favorite Lone Star Vanguard moment was. Hmm. Do you remember when the casters were up there and there was that little kid who was trying to hold his sign up? And he was just too short, so uh, Winston uh, Schnittle of uh, the LSV, you saw him come and pick the kid up and hold him up so that you could see his sign. It was just, it was so, it was heartwarming. Uh, But there are so many other people. Uh, Katrina of the uh, Overwatch League, uh, right of the Overwatch League, I got to hang out with her quite a bit. There's just a lot of really great people we met over the weekend. Uh, It was amazing to see them out there. Uh, Violet, uh, Fan Sebo Kevo came out to uh, to meet us and see the the, the last match uh, which Houston won you know he was he was probably like eh, I don't know if fifty dollars is gonna be worth it type deal but I think he was really really excited and, uh, and really glad that he came out to watch it listen first of all fifty dollars is perfectly worth it to meet us that's I mean that's one secondly uh, yeah, that last match was definitely worth the price of admission by itself. That crowd was so loud. I know that there were complaints uh, on the Twitch channel that like the casters were difficult to hear. That wasn't a that wasn't a production mistake. It was that loud uh, in the Revention Music Center. The crowd in Houston was unbelievable. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, I think that's going to be it for our travel log here. Uh, we're going to sign off and get on this flight back to Detroit and get back to business as usual tomorrow. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Checkpoint AFK. Make sure you head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Uh, get all the latest on our shows. You can catch this week's episode of The Owl's Nest. Uh, the Other Identity is going up today, so uh, make sure you check out the latest episode of The Other Identity with Robbie Landis and Ben Morse. What's uh, what's on the, this week's episode? Uh, we talked about how comic book crossovers are both the best and worst thing about comics. 
Nice. Looking forward to checking that out. So, guys, uh, make sure you uh, follow us on our uh, social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Guys, thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time.